1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Bartman behind the steel curtain. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Friday, folks. Happy Friday! We've done it. We are at the end of the week. You should feel uh, you should feel relaxed, even though the Steelers are done and they're not playing, and it's the divisional round of the upcoming playoffs. Uh, it's it's my favorite weekend for playoff football. We're going to talk about that a lot in the second half. I said Jeremy Betts was going to be on. Jeremy is is busy. He's doing stuff for the Steelers fix. He wasn't able to make it. So I've got Brian Davis coming in. In the second half, we're going to talk about all things Steelers and Matt Canada, get his take on things, as well as we are going to talk about uh, the NFL playoffs, picks, predictions, all that good stuff. So make sure you stay tuned to that, as well as a heart to heart at the very end of the show. I want to make something very clear. So on Wednesday, And a lot of times, my own children will sit down here, uh, downstairs in my basement, my recording studio, if you want to call it that, and they're gluttons for punishment, and they'll play around, and they'll listen to the show, and they heard how I ended the show on Wednesday teasing a show about Kenny Pickett, and I said, because I even listened back to it, they called me on it right when I finished the show, I accidentally made a slip up and said, I'm going to talk about if Kenny Pickett didn't play in 2023, and they thought I was talking about him not playing next year, and they said, what do you mean? I made a mistake. I was talking about what if Kenny Pickett didn't get his shot to play in 2022. Now, that was going to be the topic of today's show, and then the Steelers made it official that Matt Canada is going to be back for sure, no matter what, as the offensive coordinator in 2023. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to push that Kenny Pickett show back to Monday. So make sure you check out that show on Monday. And today is going to be about Matt Canada. Now, there's going to be a lot of thoughts about this, but I want to make sure you all understand that really Matt Canada coming back, it just well, let's just put it this way, it shouldn't shock anyone. But let's start with the news. There was other news other than Matt Canada being back. As of Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Brian Flores, he's been interviewed now for at least one defensive coordinator position in Cleveland. They didn't hire him. Jim Schwartz was hired. Now the Atlanta Falcons plan on hiring Flores or I'm sorry, not hiring, interviewing Flores for their vacant defensive coordinator position. So there's that news. We'll see how that goes. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't. We'll see. Clearly, he remains a commodity in the National Football League despite the lawsuit against the league, which is still pending, folks. That lawsuit has not been dropped. Also, on Thursday morning, the National Football League announced the teams that will be having an international game at some point this upcoming 2023 regular season. There were several opponents on the Steelers' schedule, None of them, though, they will travel and play. So Jacksonville always has an international game or two. I think the New England Patriots are slated for that. The Steelers are hosting those teams. Therefore, they will not have an international game this year, even though Art Rooney II has said he wants the Steelers to play in Mexico. But here's the kicker. The Steelers this year have eight home games, and they typically don't want to give up one of those home games, which has to happen for these teams that play overseas. Also, news. The Steelers lost their first coach. It wasn't the coach everyone wanted. Everyone wanted Matt Canada to get fired. Everyone wanted him to be gone. No, it was Blaine Stewart. Now, you might not know who Blaine Stewart is, but Blaine Stewart has a direct connection to Mike Tomlin, I guess you could say by proxy. Uh, I I had to look up the specific dates for the article that ran on Thursday at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, but Blaine Stewart was the son of Bill Stewart. Now, Bill Stewart, I know who Bill Stewart is. I grew up in West Virginia, uh, so obviously my parents keep me in contact about things with WVU, the Mountaineers, and Bill Stewart was the one that came in and coached West Virginia after Rich Rodriguez left a big win over Oklahoma. I think it was the Fiesta Bowl. And he was the head coach of the Mountaineers, the football program. What what it was is it Bill Stewart got his head coaching start at VMI, Virginia Military Institute. And in 1995, he gave Mike Tomlin his first coaching gig. As a wide receivers coach, Mike Tomlin, fresh out of William & Mary as a receiver. And he spent one year at VMI, and he stayed in contact with the Stewart family. Now... The Stewart family, Bill Stewart, died in 2012 of a heart attack. And his son, Blaine, had just graduated recently. Actually, he was in school at JMU, James Madison University. And when he passed and he graduated, when Blaine graduated, Mike Tomlin brought him on staff as a coach's assistant. Essentially, just helping out wherever is necessary. He spent two years as a coaching assistant, two years as an assistant wide receivers coach. That would be one under Ike Hilliard, one under Frisman Jackson. And he told the team that he had plans to go to West Virginia University and coach there. And so it's a very minor coaching job. It might not get a lot of publicity. And it might not even get filled, meaning they might find that Blaine Stewart, you know, this is Mike Tomlin looking after the Stewart family, and they don't need to fill this coaching job. That could be the case. However, I thought it was a great story. Mike Tomlin is someone that takes care of the people that he knows well, and this is an example of that, but Blaine Stewart is the first coach the Steelers are losing or have seen part ways with them this offseason. While we're talking about coaches, let's get right to it with the title of the podcast. The Steelers continue down the Matt Canada path. That's the title. The Steelers continue down the Matt Canada path. You know, the funny thing is, is I saw, I guess when the news became official, we wrote the article, I think uh, Dave Schofield wrote it when Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, he kind of sp- broke the story that, hey, reports are they're not, they're not making any changes, that Matt Canada's the guy. He's going to be there this next season. So we wrote it as a report. Later, uh, Bert Lawton of the PR department said, it's official, Matt Canada is going to be the coordinator next year. I didn't really think too much of it. I, I, I updated the story, and uh, boy, fans were just livid. I, t- I open up Twitter, and you would think that, oh my gosh, what is going on? Fans are like foaming at the mouth over this. Were you really surprised by this? I honestly wasn't surprised at all. I predicted that he would be back. The Steelers just don't seem to do business that way. He still had one year, at least one year, I guess, under his current contract. And I was like, man, the people are really upset. I can't believe they're that shocked. If Matt Canada, in my opinion, was going to get fired, it would have been really early after the season. Uh, within the first week, we'll put it that way. And when that didn't happen, did. this does not shock me at all. It doesn't shock me at all. As bad as the Steelers' start was. Think about it this way: the two and six start was bad. The offense looked atrocious, but what about the second half success? The Steelers finished seven and two. The offense improves in almost every statistic. Well, I think they do improve in every statistical category. They're a top ten rushing team. They're moving the ball well. The one caveat, the one area that they everyone would admit is still an issue with the Matt Canada offense, at least in twenty twenty two was scoring touchdowns, converting into touchdowns not just red zone offense, but finishing drives with touchdowns and not settling for field goals. is it is it bad to think that maybe this team could pick up where they left off? Think about what they have coming back. the entire offensive line. if they choose to upgrade, that's fine, but they have the whole offensive line coming back. They've got the young quarterback and Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris, year three, Pat Fryermuth year three, George Pickens, year two, Deontay Johnson's under a new contract. Uh, It's one of those situations where this offense, at least from last year's team, is coming back almost entirely intact. It's incredible. It's incredible. So all these fans that are saying they're just so mad about it, you listen to what Kenny Pickett said when he was on Cam Hayward's podcast. He said, look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what we can do in 2023. You think about Kenny Pickett in just him in his season in a nutshell. You know that they build this whole offense around someone else. It's supposed to be Mitch Trubisky's job, and Kenny Pickett comes in, and now they're tailoring it to him. You would think, logic would tell you that this offseason, Kenny Pickett and Matt Kennedy are going to get to work one on one and really iron out the kinks of this thing and find what works best for everyone involved. Let's back up the truck a little bit. Let's go back to last offseason, almost a full calendar year ago. The Steelers season had just ended in the wild card loss in Kansas City, and we were having the same conversations that we're having right now. We are having conversations about, well, are they going to bring Matt Canada back or not? And I, I did an entire podcast on how bringing Matt Canada back I said, if you're going to cut ties with him, you got to do it now. You have to do it now. Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire. You need to cut ties now because if you decide to stay with Matt Canada, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. And when you go down that road, it's going to be difficult to come back from. And I had some people on Twitter say, well, Jeff, I don't know if I really kind of understand what you're talking about. I said, think about it. When Matt Canada came in, First and foremost, people were clamoring for him. When we had to suffer through Randy Featner's offense, Randy Land, people were saying, oh my gosh, can we get Matt Canada? We want the fresh mind. We want the college guy that can come into the NFL and do it. Well, you got what you asked for, first and foremost. But then after that, the first year of Matt Canada calling plays, everyone felt like Ben Roethlisberger's lack of mobility was hindering the offense. So this was the part where I said, If you're going to part ways, you do it now. You don't want to wait and then go down this road and then find yourself at a dead end. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because let's be honest if the offense does pick up where it left off and they do start scoring more points, and let's say they average 24 plus in 2023, I think Matt Canada gets a new contract. Let's deal with that when it happens. But here they are. The title of this podcast The Steelers Continue Down the Matt Canada Path. That slippery slope that I mentioned, they are full bore, head steam, full speed ahead. And that's where they are right now. And one of these things, one of the things is that when you get his players, I say that like that intentionally. When you bring in Matt Canada's style of quarterback, When you bring in Matt Canada's style of linemen, receivers, running backs, you get the picture. What would happen if you do end up parting ways with Canada after this season? So let's run down that scenario for a second here. You have all these players that are under contract, that fall into the scheme that Matt Canada wants to run, that are his type of guys. There's nothing wrong with that, but they're his type of guys. What are you going to do if after 2023, the Steelers say, look, his contract's up. The offense, although okay, was not what we want. We're looking for a fresh start. Let's bring in someone new. Whoever that quote-unquote new coach is, what are they going to do with all these players? You now have to find a coordinator that can not just come in and input, give their input and give their offense and their scheme a chance. They have to be able to use the player's That the Steelers have, and that's not always what works. I think back to when Brian Kelly went to the Philadelphia Eagles and he wanted to bring his no huddle, quick read, those stupid cards they they would hold up on the sideline, really fast offense to the Philadelphia Eagles. He was at Oregon, he was an Oregon Duck. He was a dominant force with Marcus Mariota at quarterback when he was in college. He goes to Philadelphia, and it stinks. It doesn't work. And so they fire Brian Kelly. His offensive philosophy's gone, and guess what had to happen in the coming years after? It was a slow purge of the players that he brought in for his system that weren't going to work in the system for the coach who came in and followed him. That's the danger and the risk that you run when you bring in a coach like a Mad Canada who might do things differently in terms of running the football, passing attack, how you want to approach the offense from a quarterback position. If you were to change it up, let's just throw it out there. Okay, Byron Leftwich was officially fired. I don't want the Steelers to hire Byron Leftwich unless, it's, unless it is as a pass game coordinator. I don't want any part of him calling plays for the Steelers. However, if they were to just swap the two, not going to happen in 2023, but if they were to just swap the two, now Byron Leftwich would be stuck with linemen, with running backs, with tight ends and receivers that maybe a vast majority of them he would not want if he could handpick his group. That's the slippery slope the Steelers went down last offseason when they kept uh, Matt Canada, and they continue down that path for at least one more season. But I am going to say right now that I'm not about to suggest that all of a sudden, right now, no doubt about it, Matt Cannon is going to suck. Because we don't know that. We don't know that since Kenny Pickett is the quarterback now going into this next season. We don't know that with this offensive line, which started to really find their mojo, didn't they? At the end of the season, I felt like they did. The running game looking strong. It looked like this team was starting to build a recipe for success. The question is now, and the challenge for Matt Canada is, can they keep it going? Can they pick up where they left off? His job's going to depend on it. And a lot of other people's jobs are going to depend on it, too. So just something to think about. The Steelers continue down that Matt Canada path. Let's hope it doesn't end in a dead end. All right, coming up in the second half, I've got Brian Anthony Davis on to talk about all things Steelers, Matt Canada included, as well as our divisional round picks in the NFL pick segment. Stay tuned till the very end for a heart to heart. We'll be right back after this break. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the Friday episode, which means it's typically time for the All Bets Are Off segment. But Jeremy Jerome Betts is out doing Jeremy Jerome Betts things, and so we have to bring in the substitute teacher, and that's Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? How's it going? Could we call it All Bads Are Off? We could. Sure, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. The substitute is in, and we have a lot to talk about, and Steeler Nation is... In a tizzy. We'll put it oh, that way. They are course. in a tizzy. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Kind of wanted to save my thoughts for the second half, but uh, you know, everyone on on Wednesday, when it was announced, this came from the Steelers. I mean, Matt Canada is going to be back. Uh, everyone uh, was just really, really ticked off, and I, I wasn't that upset because I pre- I thought it was going to happen. I, I didn't think that the Steelers were going to fire him. I didn't think that he was going to be relieved of his duty. Brian, what were your thoughts when you found out? You know
0: what? It, it's like an employee that uh, has one more year left in his contract. He's stealing all the copy paper. He's making inappropriate actions towards the secretarial poll, and it doesn't matter because they just don't want to pay him to stay home. And that's really what the Steelers are doing here with Matt Canada. It's very crass for me to say that, but they don't want to pay him to do nothing when they'd rather pay him to do nothing while he's looking like doing something.
1: He better be making some serious cash if they're worried about that. You know, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury took a one-way plane ticket to Thailand and is getting paid like $20 million for the duration of his contract after he got fired by the Arizona Cardinals. I would understand it if an organization and owner said, do we really want to just pony up that cash and for him to do nothing? I really don't think Matt Canada would be making that much money. Do you?
0: Now, I, I don't think he really is. It's just one of those things that they, Dave Schofield called this all along, he said, look at the contract and whatever it is, that's what it's going to be. Randy Feetner had no business being there as long as he was, he had no business being there at all. But Randy Feetner, they, they paid him one more year just to say that, well, we're going to let him go through it. So we're just not firing you. We're going to just not bring you back.
1: Yeah, really weird, really weird. And the one thing I keep on reminding myself as well, not not just the fact that I didn't think that they were going to get rid of him, uh, but it's the fact that the Steelers started to play better in the second half. The offense in particular started to really turn it on. I don't think they're a finished product. Anyone that saw this team play at all in 2022 would say that they weren't an unfinished product. But do you think it's feasible? That they they're keeping Matt Canada, but that they bring in more coaches to maybe help him. We've talked about it on our Slack channel, like passing game coordinator. That's an actual title in some with some teams. I know the LA Chargers fired their quarterback coach slash pass game coordinator, but the Steelers typically have a very small coaching staff. Brian, do you think that's something the Steelers could do? They definitely
0: could. Are they too stubborn to do it? Is Matt Canada? Canada going to like it it doesn't matter whether he likes it or not but it's just like they they don't like to ruffle feathers and sometimes it makes me wonder and you know I'm a Mike Tomlin guy but sometimes it makes me wonder if Mike Tomlin wants to be the biggest guy in the room and and I hate even that's coming out of my mouth but it almost seems like Jeff you're a teacher So you know what this is like. You have a kid that has been squandering his potential all year. He's been screwing around. He hasn't been doing his homework, hasn't been doing his stuff. Then you tell him, you're not going to graduate or you're not going to move on to the next grade if you don't seriously have a come to Jesus with yourself and figure out how to get this done and get a passing grade. So he does everything that he can. He does everything. He gets the job done. And as soon as he's in the clear, boom. Right back to old habits, and that's the fear with Matt Canada here because Matt Canada gets in his own way. He thinks that his system's right, and the problem with his system is it's not doing anything until your back is up against the wall, and they can't do that. And we've also seen with his his system that in game, if your back's up against the wall, it's hard to pull yourself out of it.
1: Well, I'll say this you know, Matt Canada's had a crutch the last two years. And I'm sure that there might be that it's going to be a very small, minute amount of Steelers fan base that are supporters of Matt Canada and wanted him to return. Thinking it back to his first year. He's got an old, immobile quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger the last year, and he's saying, look, th- this isn't the offensive personnel I wanted. It's not the quarterback I want. So the Steelers go out and they get Mitch Trubisky on the first day that they can in the legal tampering period and free agency. They draft Kenny Pickett and they set things up for Mitch Trubisky in the first half. He ends up being benched in week four. We know the storyline. Then they go to Kenny Pickett. So Matt Canada and his fans, if he has any, would say this will They they, they weren't planning for Kenny Pickett to be the guy. This offseason, it's it's Kenny Pickett's show. Regardless of what happens with Mitch Trubisky, he will enter 2023 as the QB1. Uh, Kenny Pickett was on Cam Hayward's podcast and said he's excited about the growth in year two for him and year three for Matt Canada and working with Matt Canada. That's a very political statement, but still Brian, do you think now, uh, you know, yes, it's the last year of his contract and that is significant for the Steelers. But what do you think that when you talk about the development of the offense that he having Kenny Pickett, he knows he's the guy they're going to be working together this offseason that it could have any impact on the future of the way the offense is run and way it looks you
0: know what i mean i really think if that was the case then they would have had a lot more success and they'd be in the playoffs in 2022 and we would not be having this conversation so really it's going to come down to this if his contract was up this year he'd be gone. And I, I really think he would be. But there is that little thing that you're saying right there about, you know, the growth process and not just giving Kenny Pickett one year with a guy that really continuity is an important thing. So I could see them wanting to play that out, but it's not going to go past next year. If they are not in the playoffs, if they are struggling and this is a bottom 10 defense, then it's going to be
1: Bangkok
0: for Canada in 2024.
1: Okay, so before we go to our divisional NFL playoff picks and talk about the playoffs coming up this weekend, let me ask you one simple question. Outside of the playoffs, because we know that'll be a necessity, what do you think is the point average points per game that they, they would be looking at saying, look, this is where you finished in 2022. I wish I knew that number, but I don't. Not off the top of my head we need you to be here. Like, what would you say for you is that line of demarcation in terms of points per game for Matt Canada to keep his job? At the lowest, 24. Oh, okay. I And I think that's low.
0: But, you know, I think the, the Steelers don't raise the bar too, too far no. on this guy and on a lot of coaches. But for me, for Brian Anthony Davis, and I'm speaking for the live chat at – all podcast here at BTSC. It's probably twenty eight at the lowest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think back to the Killer B era, and that was the some would say in the Ben Roethlisberger era. That was the golden era of scoring. Not the best offense, but in terms of scoring points, and I don't think they ever ever averaged the thirty points that they said that they set out to as their goal. That's tough. I don't know if there's an NFL team that averaged thirty points a game. This year, 24 seems reasonable and it seems manageable. In my opinion, I kind of agree with that 24 mark. You get a 28. Well, people want the guy gone anyways, but you're setting them up for failure. If that's the I, number you have in your head.
0: I get that, Jeff. Can I throw some numbers at you really quick? Just yeah, go for something it. that I thought was really interesting. And it goes back to the 1970s and it's the divisional playoff games. As you know, we do the BTSC DeLorean around yep. here and we look at these games. These are the point totals of every divisional playoff game that the Steelers played in the 1970s. 1972, of course, it was the Immaculate Reception game, 13. Then you go 33, 32, 28, 40, 34, 33, and 34, all against playoff opponents. And yeah. most, of, most of those years, there were no more than four other teams in the playoffs besides the Steelers, some years three, because in the seventies, there were only four teams in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, no you're right. I mean, and you're talking about the seventies, like you said, is it, there was not a lot of scoring as, as much scoring net then as there is now. So uh, something to consider, but speaking of the divisional round of the playoffs, we'd always want to take a look at that. And I, the wild card was, it was good and bad. I, there were some games that I thought were really compelling, uh, games where I didn't see the outcome being the way that it was I e the Chargers and Jaguars turning out the way they did the Buccaneers not putting up any bit of a fight against the Dallas Cowboys but here we are going into the divisional round I have always felt you know people used to say the wild card round is my favorite weekend of football for me it's the divisional round it the, the teams that are the top seeded teams aren't resting they're in there do you agree Brian or do you think it's the wild card Absolutely,
0: because there's pretenders in the wild card round. There always are. And if you look at it, only uh, how many visiting teams won and uh, there's only two. But Dallas doesn't count. I mean, that's when you're play- that's not an upset when you beat a crappy Tampa Bay team.
1: Right. And the other visiting team was New York, right? Going yes. to Minnesota. So. And the NFC East has three teams in the divisional round, which is incredible. First time it's happened since realignment in 2002. So uh, pretty crazy stuff there. But when you look at the divisional round, I I just, I I love it and hate it at the same time. Because this is the last time you're going to have four games. You know, you're going to have two days. I'm pretty sure they're still doing the AFC and NFC championship games on Sunday. And it's not over a two-day span yet. I'm shocked they haven't done that. But uh, still... For me, this is the last true weekend of football for me because you have more than one game. So let's talk about these games. Let's take a look at these. And we'll talk about the spreads uh, via DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's start off on Saturday at 4.30. Interesting stat here because the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jacksonville Jaguars are getting eight and a half points on the road. Trevor Lawrence has never in his life lost a game on Saturday. Ever. (laughs) Think about that. Brian, what do you think about this game?
0: I don't think that stat means anything. That's just somebody that figured out that, hey, here's a cool little thing to mention. But when I'm talking about this game, Jeff, I don't think Kansas City is the juggernaut they were in the past. I actually really, there's a part of me that thinks Jacksonville could come and win this game. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the the true team is going to rise and it's going to be Kansas City, but this team's going to make it interesting. And I'm not really looking to give away eight and a half points and still take Kansas City. So I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Jacksonville and say it's a close one.
1: That's what I'm thinking, too. Kansas City having that week off. Some people love it. Like Philadelphia is going to love it because you get Jalen Hurts another week to rest up. They need him healthy. But Kansas City, sometimes you wonder if it kind of messes with your mojo a little bit. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars riding high, not to win the game outright. I think Kansas City wins, and they punch their ticket to the AFC Championship game. But I like the Jags getting eight and a half. I really do. I think they're a tough team. They have a lot of good young talent on that team. They're well-coached by Doug Peterson. They don't give up. It's going to be a tough spot, but I like the Jags with getting the eight and a half. Now, Saturday night, 8-15, uh, they have the New York Giants traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles, mentioned that NFC East, Three teams making it into the divisional round. The Giants are getting seven and a half on the road. Brian, what do you think about this game?
0: Not only am I going to go ahead and say take the Giants, take the points, but let them win on the money line. I I, I think the Giants are going to win this game. I think it's going to be the true upset that uh, we get every once in a while in the divisional round. For some reason, they just seem to have everything covered. Daniel Jones, don't look now, good quarterback. And he's a team that could lead the, these guys to glory. And we've we've seen number eights do this before. And he's better than Trent Dilfer, Dilfer. And Trent Dilfer was a number eight that won the whole thing. But they've got a decent defense. They have a running back that, when healthy, is not a slouch for anyone. In fact, he's one of the best in the league. And he's almost a, a, a great kept secret in Saquon Barkley when you're not paying attention to them. They uh, they know how to pass the ball. Um, are they dynamic receiving the ball? No, but they set everything up and they do it right. And really, I think they have, I don't know if he's been named the coach of the year, but Brian Dable, if he's not coach of the year, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. And I think they've got a keeper for the New York football giants. So it's going to be an upset.
1: Okay. I am going the other way. I think the Philadelphia Eagles... They're getting healthy. I mentioned Jalen Hurts having another week to rest up. Uh, I think Lane Johnson might be back in the lineup. They're getting some players back, and that's going to be huge. And don't think for a second Philadelphia isn't a little pissed off with what people are saying about maybe them being the worst team in the division entering the postseason. The Giants, they really were going crazy after that win in Minnesota. They finally got that playoff win. I think Philly wins, and I think they win by more than 75 and they punch their ticket to the NFC Championship game. I'll take the Eagles giving the points at home in the divisional round. Let's go to Sunday, 3 o'clock. I love these times so much better than Saturdays, 4.30 and 8.15. Sunday at 3, the Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills. Again, this time not a Paycor stadium. This is in Buffalo. Buffalo is giving the Bengals five points. Brian, this is going to be a good game. What do you think? Tough one to pick.
0: Man, I have been going back and forth on this one, but the bangles are the new shiny toy right now. And I I'm walking around Maryland here and I'm seeing all this black and orange and it's really ticking me off. I'm seeing this guy at trivia that wears, that is like a mini Aaron Rodgers, It has Aaron Rodgers look now <laughs> that wears green Bay stuff every week. Now he's wearing the ugly tiger stripes. And so, you know, for some reason, this team was about to lose to the Baltimore Ravens and the, a lot of people aren't talking about this, but the Ravens took something that worked for the Steelers and it destroyed them by trying to push Tyler Huntley into the end zone. And the ball squirts loose goes 99 the other way. Oh my goodness. It was over from there. They've got, Man, they've got something going. They've got a whole lot of mojo. I actually think that it keeps going, and I hate it because they're the most obnoxious team in the world. And I'm going to say this: uh, don't take my my card away from me, but I was rooting for the uh, Baltimore Ravens in that game, and you know how much I hate them. Wow. but I but right now, it's nauseating who Day Nation.
1: Yeah, well, it's not a nation. I hate when people use that term. The na- Everything's nation. Uh, our principal co- tried to call our, our school something nation. I'm like, would you stop it, please? Like, it's a middle school. There's no nation, all right? Stop it. Just stop. And he laughs. He's an Eagles fan. But still, uh, the bungle in the jungle, just like Jethro Tull would say, I don't think the Bengals are playing their best football right now. Uh, they They had a couple good games. They've been spotty this season and buffalo is coming off a game where i don't think they played their best game either i'm going to lean on the home team here to win outright i think buffalo wins but i think cincinnati keeps it close i'm going to take the bengal's getting 5 but if i'm betting the money line i'm going to bet it on the buffalo bills um i think this will be a good game i need to check the weather before i check off over under but i'm going to like i like the bills i think the bills I, this thing is gearing up for a neutral site AFC championship game, according to my predictions. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. I've got the bills giving five. Let's go to Sunday at six 30. What a matchup. If you were a, a, a fan in the nineties, when you say Cowboys and 49ers in the divisional round, you're like, man, this brings back some memories because these two teams met up a lot in the eighties and in nineties, Brian, what do you think about this? Dallas is getting three and a half as they go to Santa Clara to play the 49ers. What do you think? I, I don't get
0: it. I I think they should give Dallas 33 and a half. Uh, when you talked about Philadelphia fans being upset and the Eagles being upset that they're possibly the worst team in the NFC East? No, it's Dallas. Dallas is not consistent. You don't know who you're going to get every week. My gosh, their kicker missed four extra points the other day, and they're they're sticking with them, but it's just, that's a weird team. Uh, They love Dak one week. They hate him for seven. They love Dak again. Uh, They wasted their love against Tampa Bay. San Francisco is pulling all the right strings right now. Uh, You know, if I can take something from the WWE's Paul Heyman, Barack Purdy, he's got it going too. Is he Is he in the next Tom Brady? No, he is not. But he has got the supporting cast right now, and he's, he's growing into it. He's doing everything right. This train is not stopping. So, you know, three and a half points, that's nothing. I would be shocked if San Francisco loses this game, especially at home. I'm going with the 49ers all the way. Like I said, give away three and a half. Hell, give away 13 and a half. Take the 49ers.
1: I, too, like the 49ers giving three and a half at home in this game over the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy, you know, people want to say game manager and is part of a system. Look at his stat line. Since he's been a starter, I want to say there's only been one game where he's thrown a single touchdown. I don't think he's been held without a touchdown pass. Since he's been named the starter of the 49ers, this guy is dealing. He's playing good football through three touchdowns in the wild card round against Seattle. He looks like the real deal, and they're going to have a tough decision to make this offseason when Trey Lance is healthy and they have to figure out what to do with Brock Purdy. We'll we'll see. That's something that they'll deal with later. But there you go. Our predictions. Uh, I have an AFC matchup rematch or AFC championship game that is the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs, which would be played down in Atlanta in a neutral site. And I also have the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Brian, you have the 49ers and the Giants, and you have the, did you say the Bengals over the Bills? Yes, I have the Bengals going to Kansas City for rematch. Well, actually, it's the the Jaguars. You had the Jaguars beating the Chiefs, didn't you? Did you pick that game? No, no. Oh, okay, I, okay. I picked
0: them to cover.
1: Got it. Okay. So but... you have Kansas City and, and Cincinnati again. Yes. All right. Can it's I ask you a question fun. real quick, Jeff? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Do you think that this if this neutral
0: site can actually happens, that it's going to become a thing in both conferences going forward? Not maybe not this year, but in the future?
1: According to some insiders like Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, this is something that NFL owners have toyed with for a while, that they've been trying to have more of a a college football semifinal type feel where the NFC and AFC championship game would be in neutral sites, uh, and then they would have the Super Bowl, obviously, in a a neutral site as well. Um, I'm trying to think about the positives and the negatives from a league perspective. I understand the revenue aspect of it, but it would really detract. It would take something away, in my opinion, from the game. Just just before we started recording, I saw a video, I don't know if it was current or not, of it was the, I don't know how many years, I think 14 years or whatever, since Troy Polamalu's interception of Joe Flacco in the AFC Championship game. Could you imagine if that wasn't at Heinz Field at the time? Like, could you imagine what that vibe would have been like? It wouldn't have been the same. Wouldn't have been the same moment. My cousin was at the game and said the the whole stadium was shaking when he, when he ran into the end zone. So I don't know, Brian, what do you think about it? I think it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but I don't think they're going to
0: ignore it. They don't care about, uh, you know, they, they care more about money, the NFL, than caring about one team's fan base. And they will actually say that that's giving an advantage. And if you want a true, I'm not behind this, but they're going to say if you want a true championship game, then it's going to be played with no excuses on neutral ground. Yeah. And most
1: likely it'll be in a warm venue or a dome venue. Yeah. And that uh, sucks too. It does. It does. So, all right, Brian, good stuff as always. Why don't you let everyone know what's coming up on the, uh, here we go Steelers show, which will be coming up today, Friday at noon, uh, and as well as whatever you're doing on the website. Well, you know what, what we're doing once again,
0: uh, and I'm so blessed to have a sidekick, not a sidekick. We're co-host and that's Kevin T. Smith and KT is absolutely amazing. And being a head coach, even on the high school level, he knows what you have to do every single week. Knows the progression on how you build a program to get To the postseason and it starts the minute you're eliminated. So that's what we're doing right now. We're going to go ahead and take the insight of what Kevin is doing with his team and other coaches around the nation are doing as well. And then we're going to see how the Steelers are approaching this very week on their plan. So it starts with that. And that's something that will go through a majority of the off season, how they scout new prospects, how they get ready for the season, even when it's the month of
1: March, Jeff. I do love that show. Make sure you check it out today, Friday at noon, everywhere you get your podcast. It's always great stuff, Brian. Thanks for filling in. I really do appreciate it until next time. Why don't you take it easy? It's an honor, Jeff. Thank you. All right. See ya. All right, folks, and a big thank you to Brian Davis for taking the time out of his busy schedule. That guy does more podcasts than I do. I think he and Dave Schofield both do more podcasts than I do. And to have them do one more segment like Dave did on Monday, uh, like Brian did today, is I, I'm very thankful for those those guys taking the time for sure. Uh, let's finish this up, though, every as we all do every week on Friday with a heart-to-heart. As you all know that have listened to my show for any duration of time, I am an optimistic Steeler fan. And when it comes to the age-old saying of a glass half-full or glass half-empty approach, I want you to start thinking about this from a Steeler's perspective. The glass is filled with the same amount of water. It's how you view it. So yes, you absolutely, as a fan, have every right... To look at this team and the bringing back of Matt Canada and to say, this is going to suck and you're going to focus on the negatives. You can do that. Your glass and your view, your vision is that that glass is half empty. However, what you can also do is look at the glass and see the Steelers as a team that is brimming with potential on offense. That finished the season strong. That won seven of their last nine games. That was able to win four in a row and turn a 2-6 and record to a 9-8 and finish. You could focus on the offseason and the fact they're going to be able to create some salary cap space for themselves. You can focus on the NFL draft and look at how they have three picks in the top 50. You can look at all the day one and day two picks that they have and see this could be the offseason that turns this team from a pretender into a contender. But you know what you could also do? is if you're someone that's pessimistic, you will always see that glass as half empty. But it's all in how you view it. So instead of focusing on what you think is negative, Matt Canada being back, Mike Tomlin's non-losing win non-losing season streak, Art Rooney the second being too cheap to pay for high caliber coaches, whatever it is, focus on the positives because guess what? This team, there are a lot of positives. Just have to look at that glass half full. Keep Hope. We got to have hope. Without hope, we have nothing. All right. That does it for me, folks. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope that you enjoy the football, even though the Steelers won't be playing. I will be back on Monday with another Monday morning conversation, hopefully. And that topic at hand, which is what if Kenny Pickett didn't get his shot to play this past season in 2022? What would it look like? Let's play the what if game. I'll see you on uh Monday. In the meantime, you know we finished it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless.
2: My candles burning bright. I sleep from three to four hours every night. Slipping coffee
0: burning also.